Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. Welcome again to another edition of Wolfold's Press Box Podcast, and I'm Gary Wolfold, and as usual, I am joined by, I'm not going to say it, <laughs> the one and only, it's Jerry Tapp. <laughs> After bungling the adjective the last two podcasts, I've just had to play it safe and yeah. go with the one and only. If you just say Jerry Tapp, that's probably the easiest thing to do. <laughs> Gerald Tap. Oh, no. It's just Jerry. <laughs> we are going to spend the next, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes, whatever it takes to complete <laughs> our mission tonight, talking about the uh, Milwaukee Bucks' newest head coach, Michael Vincent Budenholzer. Wow. And if he's as good as the only other Vincent that coached in Wisconsin, the Bucks are going to have a winner here. Who is that, Gary? You know, I heard the Packers once had a coach named Lombardi. Excellent. I don't know, I don't know if it's factual or not, but I heard nice. he's pretty good. He was. I, I heard that, too. Yeah, Michael Vincent Budenholzer. I think the Vincent name is kind of carried over. I think his dad's middle name was Vincent. Okay. He's got a son whose middle name, I think, is Vincent. So, right. anyways, the Bucks hired him from a spate of high-caliber coaching candidates. And, I mean, it, it was an exceptional field. If the Bucks were going to ever look for a head coach, now is the time to do it. Right. I mean, a lot of good coaches out there. And guys that didn't even surface. I mean, like Dwayne Casey, mm-hmm. Stan Van Gundy, and you could go on and on. But, you know, you certainly can't go uh, wrong. Initial reaction uh, to the hiring? I think my initial reaction was before the hiring was made, I kind of had it down to maybe three candidates. Oh. I was hoping that they would hire somebody. John Wooden. <laughs> You're bringing them back. Phil Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I was hoping that they would hire somebody who was a current or fairly recent NBA coach. And I was hoping that they would hire somebody who had experience relative to working with a team that was maybe at that 500 level. And then they kind of took them to the next level. Budenholzer and Dwayne Casey Mm -hmm. were the two that kind of fit my criteria. Mm-hmm. I also wouldn't have minded if your favorite candidate, Tony Bennett, would have been a selection. You finally got in the Tony bandwagon. I did, after yeah. you bludgeoning me for so long. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't bludgeon the right people, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, in hindsight, I should have just personally met with Eden's Lazary and Dinan <laughs> and said, at least interview the guy? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe they did, you know, in secrecy, but, I mean, nothing surfaced. And maybe Boonholzer was their guy all number long. one candidate and... He maybe expressed enough interest in the Bucks that it was kind of a marriage that was going to happen anyways. Yeah, and I have absolutely no problems with Mike no. Budenholz. He, to me, he's like one of the top ten coaches in the NBA. But shame on the Bucks if they didn't interview Tony Bennett and they didn't interview Dwayne Casey. Right. I think they went that far in the process. Mm-hmm. They could have waited another week or so to uh, finish it off. But I don't see how anybody could be down on the hiring. I no. mean, he's just a solid coach. He had been in Atlanta for five seasons. Mm-hmm. They go to the playoffs the first four seasons. He's with the Hawks. And then last year, they decided to tank. Yeah. The only thing is, you know, their management didn't say it publicly like Mark Cuban did with the Mavericks. You know, right. Cuban comes out and says, tank. I mean, yeah. we could talk about that, you know, all night <laughs> long, too. But why Adam Silver didn't fine yeah. Cuban for making those statements is ridiculous. It's right. inexcusable. I mean, anybody else does that, you know, bam, they're right. fined. 
Yeah. So uh, there's there's a number of things I like about Budenholzer. I like his style, the type of coach he is. Offensively, they move the ball, they pass, they look for the open guy. Mm-hmm. Something novel for Bucks Nation. Right. <laughs> you aren't going to see these guys pounding the ball like they had in the past. I think other than maybe the Houston Rockets, if you watch any of the four teams that are left in the playoffs, Golden State, Houston, Cleveland, and Boston. Boston. Right. Boston, Golden State, and Cleveland have performed well because they moved the ball. Houston, I have a hard time watching them because of James Harden. Just you and me, you and me, you know, and I've saw enough of the Rockets over the years. I, I've seen enough of Harden. Yeah. But it's absolutely ridiculous. I think there was one situation the other night. He pounded the ball for something like 16 seconds. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we know you're a great one-on-one player, but, you know, this is team basketball. And then right. we wonder why the Rockets are losing, you know? So. Yeah. yeah, so I think, you know, getting back to Budenholzer, if that's his style of play, I think that's great. The Bucks have the kind of talent that need to have the ball moved around like that. I think the thing that I'm more concerned about is some of the shortcomings that the Bucks have mm-hmm. and how is Budenholzer going to address them, right. and two in particular. The first would be the address the whole issue of rebounding. Mm-hmm. I know you'd be disappointed if I didn't give you some numbers here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's why you're earning the big bucks for the show. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> which is why there's no budget. <laughs> <laughs> Donations will be taken. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at the stats last year, the Bucks were 29th in offensive rebounds and last in rebounds. Now, Hold on a second. They were last in rebounds and 29th in offensive rebounds. Oh, offensive rebounds. Okay. Right. So that, to me, is a pretty glaring need. And the second thing would be the defense. The Bucks are 21st in opponent's field goal percentage, 24th in opponent's three-point shooting percentage. I, so, I'm surprised it's not worse. There yeah. were games that were just horrific. Yeah. I mean, where they let guys shoot, you know, three-pointers uncontested. So I think getting back to your original point, what is Budenholzer going to do to address those two issues? I know a lot of it has to do with talent. You know, maybe that's part of the GM's issue in terms of getting the right talent in here that can rebound, that can defend against the three-point shot and can play defense, period. Well, as I told some uh, NBA friends this afternoon that I was talking to, I said, the owners did a great job of picking a coach. Now it's up to the GM <laughs> to yeah. get some talent in here exactly. because, the, you know, their, their talent level isn't up to some of the other teams. And, and we'll talk about that a little more. But yeah. one thing I also noticed about Budenholzer, and, of course, I have talked to him on several occasions in the past, and this you might find interesting. He went to college at Pomona in California, okay? Okay. He majored in? Um, architectural engineering. Close. Philosophy, wow, <laughs> politics, and economics. Wow, <laughs> I think the average person on the street would be happy to, you know, graduate with one of those. <laughs> but philosophy, politics, and economics—I mean, it just tells you he, he's a shrewd guy. So it, it, this is a guy that you don't want to spend a lot of time with at a party talking to. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying here? Although I heard he is a wine connoisseur, I would oh, like to okay. have a conversation with that. I mean, there you, go. you know, I have moved up in the wine industry. I used to be a hardcore Boone's Farm guy. But <laughs> <laughs> oh. we've, we've elevated our stance, but apparently he yeah. is a connoisseur and can tell you all about wines. In fact, one of his friends was telling me that, I don't know if it was last season or whenever it was, that when they were in California, they, the, being the Atlanta Hawks, 
Budenholzer took his team on a trip to wine country. Oh, really? So uh, I'll be curious to see if he does the same with the Milwaukee Bucks. And yeah, I, you know, I'm not sure how many guys are under uh, 21. You know, <laughs> they'll be, they'll be able might, to drink the wine. You might know? be a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. You know, everybody's talking about Budenholzer. I, I think something that's been underplayed so far and has been in the past with Budenholzer is he's got one of the best assistant coaches in the game in Darvin Ham. Remember him? I do remember him. I mean, Darvin Ham was like one of the most popular Bucks players ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he came to play every night. And yeah. He played hard. He wasn't afraid to go for a loose ball, run into a guy, get yeah. get bloodied, uh, whatever. Yeah. One of the things I've heard from different players over the years is how great he is at communicating with other players really? and making them better. So That's cool. I know he worked with Tarian Prince, uh, their rookie last year uh, in Atlanta. And, yeah. You know, so I saw him. I mean, I think he scorched the books. I, I think Prince had, off the top of my head, like 30 points or whatever. Mm-hmm in the last game uh, in Milwaukee. But Darvin Ham's an interesting figure. I mean, think of this, too. He could be the link, the missing link here, because he was part of that 2001 Bucks team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, really? And they haven't been back since he left. So. That's interesting. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see if you Darvin... To, you had to dig pretty deep for that one. That's nice. What do you think I do with my time? You know, <laughs> play basketball, you, you golf? You <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I, he'll be cutting his grass tomorrow. Yeah. And the other thing, even when I talked to uh, Stacy Ogman, the former Bucks assistant coach who was fired down at the Chicago pre-draft camp, he even said, you know, this is a good staff that they're bringing in. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and to hear a coach who had just been fired praising the incoming coach, to yeah. me at least, speaks volumes about it, the it, uh, talent level of the Hawks staff. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, it's so, good to hear. Speaking of talent level, this is you touched upon this earlier. The Bucks and Budenholzer brought this up at the press conference. Said, "Hey, you know, it's all about having players, and that's basically true. I mean, you have to have a good coach, but at the same time, if you don't have the horses, you're not going to go very far." Yeah. And I'm currently looking at one, two, three, four, five teams, possibly five teams in my mind that have better talent than the Bucks right now. Boston for sure, mm-hmm. Philadelphia for sure, Toronto for sure, Washington, which underachieved this year but has a ton of talent, right. and then the uh, wild card is Cleveland. Yeah. Now does LeBron James come back next year? I keep hearing no. I, I've heard it for some time, and uh, just the other day uh, an NBA executive told me he thought LeBron is still going to end up with the Lakers. Really? And another high-powered agent told me that he thinks Paul George is going to end up with the Lakers. So it's nice having an individual at the top who really has clout. And the Lakers have one in Magic Johnson. I mean, players want to go there, you know? I don't Uh, think there's too many people that are looking to um, buy the ticket to come to Milwaukee. Any of those high-priced free agents. Yeah, I mean, who's going to lure you to Milwaukee right now? Maybe Giannis, but I mean... I'm not sure how many people Giannis really knows across yeah. the NBA as far as players go and saying, right. hey, they want to play with Giannis. I thought Parker might be that guy because he's played with a lot of these guys since grade school. He's traveled all over the country with them, grade yeah. school, high school, AAU ball, and then college and now the pros. So, Well, that, that brings up an interesting point. You mentioned Parker. So what do you think is going to happen with Jabari Parker? The same thinking I've had now for several months that he's going to be playing for somebody besides the Bucks next year. I, I really believe that, uh, one, either some team is going to make some crazy offer to him, 
I'm not saying crazy. I think he deserves to be paid. Yeah. The upside, I mean, you pay rookies or free agents on upside all the time. And with Parker, I mean, my goodness, he, he showed his abilities. The last, I think, three weeks of the season, he averaged 19 points and seven rebounds. You yeah. know, that's a pretty darn good player. Oh, yeah, no kidding. And I guess if you tie it back to the whole Budenholzer thing, I was kind of surprised, and you and I talked about this on an earlier podcast Mm -hmm. about Giannis and Middleton being involved in the interview process or having breakfast with Boonholz or whatever. Mm -hmm. Interesting, though, that Parker was not a part of that. Now, I would have thought that if, let's say, Parker never had gotten hurt over the last couple of years, do you think Parker would have been part of that group of maybe two or three players that would have had breakfast with Budenholzer? Oh, I don't have any doubt. I, I think, I mean, a year ago, Parker had basically the same numbers as Giannis yeah. before he got hurt. He was like 19 and Giannis was 22 right. or something like that. I mean, there wasn't much of a difference. Yeah, so if that's the case, are we reading too much into it that Parker wasn't a part of that? Are the Bucks sending a message that he's not a part of their future? Again, I don't want to read too much into it. You're I do. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I say, you're a lot closer I, than I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that was mere coincidence. And I was told that Jabari was down in Chicago for the pre-draft camp where he addressed uh, draft-eligible players, and he talked about community service. And he's one of the finalists for the NBA Cares Community Assist Award. Yeah. And that he might not have been in Milwaukee when that happened. But at the same time, they would have could have got the message to him, hey, we want to get together, all three of you guys, and and work this out. I guess I'm wondering what message was it sent that he wasn't a part of that? Yeah, then I I heard the other day uh, on a radio station, an NBA beat writer said that, well, one of the reasons that he wasn't there was because he's a a free agent now. Mm -hmm. No, he's not. He's not a free agent until July 1st. Yeah. So that was an absolute inaccurate to comment. Yeah. All indications are, you know, I'm sure the Bucks would like to do a sign and trade, and maybe that's still a possibility. I'm hearing some rumblings about that already. Yeah. But I also hear that there's a couple teams that are going to pay him major money in excess of 21 million. So I mean, they they're rolling the dice. But if you, know, I'll tell you what, if you're, you're some of these teams, and you need a franchise player, why not roll the dice? I mean, look what the Bucks did with Antetokounmpo in the draft a couple of years. They're picking right. whatever it was, you know, in the middle of the first round. Right. And they knew this guy wasn't ready to play, and he wouldn't be ready to play for at least two years, maybe. Yeah. And they said, what What do we got to lose, exactly. right? So they can throw this out, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to fill the contract with clauses saying, hey, how many games he plays, right. and how many minutes, and if yeah. he would get hurt. They're, they're going to cover themselves. I just have this feeling that, yeah, he, he's going to end up somewhere else, and I'm going to throw this out. I think he ends up in Chicago. Yeah, I, I wouldn't dismiss that possibility. Yeah. If I'm the Bulls, in fact, I think it would be awesome. I don't want to spend too much on Jabari Park here because it's the Mike Budenholzer show. But yeah. I'll tell you, just one team I think would just have an incredible advantage over everybody else coming next season if they got him and he was healthy, the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, yeah. And they got a ton of cap space. They could pull it off if they sure. want. But can you imagine Embiid and Ben Simmons and Sarich and Parker yeah. And Fultz, who didn't even play it all this year. Right. And then, uh, of course, Philadelphia has a lottery pick this year. I think yeah. it's, it's the 10th pick. I mean, my goodness, you know. Can you imagine if they, they threw that in the Bucks' face and say, hey, you know what, we're going to give them the max. Yeah. You guys want to match it? <laughs> that could be really you know? interesting, yeah. And then uh, what are the Bucks going to do, you know? Right. That is going to be the story of the summer for the Milwaukee. That'll be interesting. W- without a doubt. So. Yeah. 
Hey, I, I came up in uh, my extensive research today with something else. Okay. Do you know that Giannis actually played for Mike Budenholzer? No, I did not know that, Gary. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> where, where, where did that happen? They had an NBA exhibition a couple years ago in Johannesburg, South Africa. Oh, really? Giannis was on Team Africa, the assistant coach for Team Africa, Mike, Mike Budenholzer. Very so good. I, I think that'll be one of the things we'll be asking both of them, you know, what kind of relationship they built yeah. there, or, you know, maybe it wasn't any relationship, but isn't that ironic that, you know, a couple of years later they would be uh, good find. hooking up again. Cool. Two other assistant coaches in there. Monty Williams, who had been considered a serious candidate for the Bucks, right. was also assistant on the coach. Okay. And so was Brad Stevens. Oh, really? As an assistant. Wow. Popovich was one of the head coaches. Was he really? Wow. <laughs> I mean, talk about a cast of... Wow, that's a pretty impressive cast. It, it is an impressive cast. So, yeah. Uh, all in all, I thought it was just a good uh, week for the Bucks. you know, getting Budenholzer, and yeah. he's going to bring basically his entire staff. He might retain one or two Bucks assistant coaches. Uh, Finn Baker's name's been thrown out there. And I saw that. Also... Sean Sweeney. So, mm -hmm. well, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, the Bucks got a lot of holes to fill, but I, I think they filled a major one with the uh, hiring of Budenholzer. I would agree with that. I think it was a solid choice. And I think, as you said before, it wasn't the kind of choice where people are kind of scratching their head. It was a very solid decision. The Bucks didn't do anything that was out of the ordinary. They hired a good quality NBA coach, which is what they needed to do. So... And on that note, this bud is for you. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> so uh, thanks for joining me again tonight, Jerry. It's You're always welcome. a pleasure, and thank I you for listening. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com.